The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we have a, another top 10 episode for you, and one that I was almost hesitant to do because of how daunting I initially found it to be. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk our top 10 blues songs. Now, the blues have been around for a very long time. They've never gone away, and there are so many good blues songs out there that I initially was like, who am I to divulge a top 10 blues songs list? But I found a way. Mm -hmm. You're John fucking Spees. That's who you are. Yeah. Now, before we get started, um, and I think Adam will share my sentiment in this, I want to dedicate this episode to our father. Yeah, without question. Our father was very, very much into the blues. It was one of the music styles that in his later years, he really gravitated towards. Now, oddly enough, this had already been on the schedule. We didn't choose, we didn't choose to do this um, because uh, if you're listening to this one and you haven't listened to any of the back uh, catalog, um, as of us recording this, our father passed away about three weeks ago. And so I, it's, I think it'll be nice and therapeutic for us and uh, a good thing to talk about in, in, in it's, it's, as its relation to us and our father. Yeah, there's, um, he, he took us to m- multiple different concerts and festivals and mm-hmm. really expanded our horizons into blues and besides that also bluegrass and uh, some kind of like, yeah. you know, fifties and older pop stuff as well. But for the longest period of time, he was really into blues. And so I, without him, I wouldn't have been able to do a top 10 blues songs. I totally agree. Yeah. And there are so many songs in here that I was introduced uh, by him now, when I was a teenager and I was starting to really play guitar, I kind of got interested in the blues through the guitar by watching you know, uh, some of my you know guitar heroes who played it, like Steve Ray Vaughan and um, like an Eric Clapton and stuff like that. And uh, yes, some of those guys are going to get mentioned in this list. It just is. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dad really was into blues as a whole and really did introduce us to all these different other you know, versions and variations. Now, another thing I want to bring up is unlike pop and rock, which for some reason, it's almost seem as like a bad thing if you do a cover of someone, which I don't understand. I would say the vast majority of people like Elvis, Whitney Houston, Elton John. Now, I would say Elton John doesn't really do covers, but I think a lot of people don't realize Elton John doesn't write his own lyrics. Mm-hmm. He had a lyricist. He had a writing partner who wrote all of the words to all of his favorite, you know, most famous songs. Hmm. Uh, Elvis uh, copied many, many blues bands, yeah. and amongst others, and even Whitney Houston's some of her biggest songs were covers. And to me, c- covers is not a bad thing. I mean, that's hmm. how we keep music alive. That's how music gets passed on. You know, we wouldn't know of 
old folk songs if people didn't cover them. True. And so in that same vein, in blues, the vast majority of the time, people are playing other people's songs. On my list alone, there's only maybe one or two songs that were written by the person who uh, is performing them on my list. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I picked a specific performance or a specific artist that like, okay, maybe this song was originally done by this person, but I like this version of it. Yeah, you have to with blues just because yeah, yeah how many um, you know uh, songs are done by multiple people. I, I'm going to use this as as an example. Um, a great song that we associate. I don't. I, I associate essentially with Stevie Ray Vaughan is "The Sky Is Crying." Yeah. I I hope that's not on your list. I if I know you like I think I do. I don't think "The Sky Is Crying" is on your list, so I'm going to use this one as an example. Uh, but Steve, uh, Steve Ray Vaughan sung that as a tribute to Albert King, mm-hmm. who did that song and did it very well. Albert King was a very great guitarist in his own right. But that song was actually written before Albert King did it by a guy named Elmore James, who was also a famous blues artist. Mm-hmm. And all three of those versions sound different, but they're all still good. Mm-hmm. Um, I did stick to our rule of only one song per artist yeah i'm assuming you did too yes i did and i will say this uh how i kind of wrestled with this list was uh, i was like there's so many songs to listen to how am i gonna pick favorites and i said you know what i'm gonna do is i am only going to pick songs via their nostalgic value to me yeah i like that what what am i nostalgic for in a blues song what songs do i remember from when i was younger or from when dad listened to them or from an experience that is my entire list is strictly nostalgic inspired yeah i basically did the same thing i didn't um really go through like people's favorite blues songs or the greatest blues songs or the most influential blues songs cuz that didn't really matter to me to me um you know, yeah, there's there. I now I have some of those artists on my list. Now I might have even some of those songs on my list, but ultimately I already had a blues playlist, and so right. what I did was I hopped on my blues playlist, which is basically my favorite blues songs from my own uh, iTunes, and so I went through that and I picked ten different artists, ten different songs, um, and more from there until I kind of weeded it down to what I wanted. So yeah, I had a very similar um, aspect where I tried not to do the, oh, well, this one is the song that, you know, influenced Jimi Hendrix or whatever, or this thing or that thing. I was like, no, 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 I don't care about that. I care about me um, and my nostalgic tie. So yeah. Yep. All right. So I'm interested to see how this goes. I think we we might have a couple at most of the Mm -hmm. same, Mm -hmm. but I am expecting a lot of differences between us yeah me too which i think is gonna be good uh all right so let's go ahead and jump in adam did you have anything else you wanted to throw in before we start talking i guess the only other thing i'll throw a mention is if people don't know what blues music is (laughs) um it is specifically had its roots in the south um you know particularly in black communities kind of in in their spiritual songs their work songs that kind of morphed into blues music um, you'll get different styles. People may not realize there are different styles of blues, blues music. There's the Mississippi Delta blues, Memphis blues, Chicago blues, Texas blues. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and each of those have their own slight variations. Uh, maybe like Chicago, you get you might get more harmonica influence into some of that. Or Texas blues is that heavy, um, you know, guitar 
intense style with that or, or Mississippi blues is also guitar heavy, but um, yeah, like some will be more like, like, um, or maybe like a uh, acoustic driven um, with right. like the classic Robert Johnson style to, um, you know, the more updated electric blue style of like a BB King or other stuff that you'll hear down the or line. Like a so. Joe Bonamassa. Yeah. Joe Bonamassa. That. That's a good call. Um, and then you also get stuff like where you're mixing blues with other things. I mean, that's essentially how we get rock and roll. Mm-hmm. You kind of have country blues. You're going to have blues rock where you're hearing clear ear, ear influences of different things altogether. Yep. Adam, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Uh, I've got the perfect song to kick us off. Um, you already mentioned this artist because he is a fantastic guitarist and a true inspiration and influence for Stevie Ray Vaughan, who is one of our, both of our favorites. I went with Albert King as my number 10 and his song, I'll Play the Blues for You. Come on over to the place where I was, and all your loneliness, I'll try to soothe, I'll play the blues for you, don't be afraid. I like that. Um, I'm not as familiar with Albert King's discography. I only know like a few ones, but uh, I the the few that I have heard, I find to be fantastic. I really like the inclusion of the horns mm-hmm. in that one because I don't associate Albert King with horns. I associate him with just you know kind of raw guitar. Yeah. So I like that change up. That sounds like it was maybe like a more recent recording. I don't mean like in the 2000s. I just mean maybe later in his life. Do you know? Um, I know the song came out, uh, his version came out in 1972. Okay. Uh, so that okay. is later than, because like a lot of other songs I've got are from the 50s on this on okay. this track or on this list. Um, so this was originally written and performed by a guy named Jerry Beach uh, in 1969. Um, but Albert King uh, took it and actually I think think from what I saw it, it hit really high, maybe number one on the Billboard uh, Rhythm and Blues chart um, from mm-hmm. the 70s. But yeah, it's it's got horns. There's like a like even like a funk to it, like a chill funk to this song that I really like. And then on top of that, you'll get him kind of doing his call and response where he's singing and then he'll respond back with like like with his classic style of his guitar, which call and response is is a blues staple. Yeah. And I also one thing I do love about uh, Albert King is he oh or he did for a long time played what's called a flying V guitar where the body <laughs> it looks like a V, uh-huh. um, but instead of holding his arm over the top of the guitar, he would slide his arm in between the V oh. and use it to kind of hook the guitar up to him and play. Because um, Albert King was kind of a bigger guy like me, yeah. And so like when I'm playing guitar, I kind of have to hold the guitar up above my gut. Uh-huh. <laughs> Or play, so I end up playing it really high, uh-huh. and so it's hard to do with a flying V, uh, you know, with your hand over. So just tucking it in, which is actually kind of how you almost hold a ukulele. Mm. The way you're supposed to hold it is actually kind of tucked in that way. So I, I just found it fascinating. Um, a lot of these guys uh, were, became heroes of mine because I really started to study the guitar when I was in high school, gotcha. and so that was 
that was a big influencer on me of of you know the type of blues guys I listen to, and you will kind of hear that in in my uh, in my selections. Okay, but yeah, yeah, this song's just got a sweet smoothness and a chillness um, that I really appreciate. It's it's one that I kind of like. You sit back and relax to it. I'm, I'm not a weed mm-hmm. smoker, but it'd be perfect for either a whiskey or a toke. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Sounds like a good song to fuck to. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Every song's a good song to fuck to in my eyes. <laughs> That's. All right. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. All right. So speaking of guitarist, uh, this uh, song comes from an album that our mother had, um, and he's best known as kind of a, a rock and roll guitar god, if you will. Um, but you could clearly hear the influences uh, of the blues in even his early stuff. Um, he is British. And if you know anything about that, a lot of the reason we have groups like the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, because all those guys were playing blues songs mm-hmm. to begin with, because the blues became very big over there. And this is a guy who uh, is well known for his guitar virtuosoness. Uh, my number 10 is a song, Five Long Years by Eric Clapton. Have you well been mistreated? You know just what I'm talking about. Have you ever been mistreated? You know just what I'm talking So this uh, comes off of his 1994 album From the Cradle where he went back to his roots and just did a whole bunch of uh, blues standards and songs and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember mom having that album. Yeah, and since I was really kind of getting into guitar at that time, um, this was a big influence on me because I I really, you know, Eric Clapton's technical prowess is evident throughout that whole album Mm -hmm. and really kind of influenced me to try to learn uh, how to play um, like some solos and stuff like that. I was not very good at it. <laughs> I kind of failed, but it was a very big influence on me. Yeah, I I do I definitely enjoy that song. And I and and one thing I mean everybody I mean people should know. Yes, Eric Clapton, rock guitar god. But if you I've got many albums of his stuff that are very blues heavy. He did an album yeah. of all Robert Johnson songs at one point. Well, uh, when he was with the band uh, Cream, mm-hmm. uh, one of their big songs, I think it was when he was with Cream, was uh, Crossroads, Yeah, which I believe is a Robert Johnson song. Yeah, yeah, Robert Johnson does have the Crossroads songs. Now, yeah. is that the same, that I went down to the Crossroads? Now, it could be. Yeah, that probably is just, I, but they, they rocked it up a bit. Yeah, I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Okay, yeah. They just kind of, they did their own kind of like modern rock version. Yeah. Well, modern for the 1960s, I think. And I want to throw out, um, I don't think... Clapton really gets enough love for his he does really good blues vocals too. Oh yeah, yeah. I really like got a good yeah. Pretty good growl mm-hmm. and yeah. 
So yeah, good uh, pick. the song was originally released by or written and released by a guy named Eddie Boyd in 1952, and I think it also reached number one on the uh, Billboard R&B uh, cool. charts around that time. Uh, I think he was a piano player, so I think he, he did this. And I'm sh- there's been a this, it's been covered by a myriad of other artists, but uh, uh, I figured I for most of these songs I try to find out who wrote them uh-huh. or at least who originally released them. Cool. I tried so. try to do the same. Uh, all right. Number nine, sir. My number nine is from uh, a blues guy who is also well known for his harmonica work. Um, it's a, a wonderful guy. I'm not sure if you have it, if you have it on your track, but I went with Little Walter and his song, My Babe. Don't stand no cheating, my babe Oh yeah, she don't stand no cheating, my babe Oh yeah, she don't stand no cheating She don't stand none of that midnight creeping, my babe True little baby, my babe My babe, I know she'd love me, my babe I like that. Real cool, nice little like medium blues. Kind of, a, it's kind of like a foot stomper. Yeah, it's got that, that kind of simple progression. The dun 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 dun, my babe. Then no cheating. Yeah, it's it's very, very simple kind of yeah Chicago uh, blues style. Um, where I kind of looked it up anyway. Where it says Chicago blues is based on the sound of electric guitar and harmonica, with the harmonica played through the PA system or guitar amplifier. So both mm-hmm. uh, heavily amplified, often to the point of distortion, um, and then also rhythmic section of drums and bass, um, double bass even, or electric guitar, uh, uh, electric electric bass down the line. So potentially piano, yeah. but but yeah, you get that sound. Like I hear that you know that intense distorted uh, harmonica in some of the Little Walter stuff. Um, the song was based on a traditional gospel song called "This Train" by Sister Rosetta Tharp. Um, and this version was written by Willie Dixon, but he wrote it for little Walter who first released it back in 1955 and it hit number one on the billboard, uh, R and B chart, but it's, it's a simple one, but it is mm-hmm. solid. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of like a nice little groovy song. Yeah. The, that's the thing with blues is it's, it's, it's repetitive in that most of the time you're going to get the same chord progression throughout the whole song, 12 board blues. Um, and you're going to get a lot of that throughout most songs, but it, to me, it still never gets old. Um, there's something kind of, there's something that about the blues, you know, that you can, you can, you know, if, especially if you're going up, up tempo that you can tap your foot to, you can bob your head to, you can dance to. And I think that that never gets old. Yep. All right. So my number nine, also comes from kind of a, a rock band that is also known for known for their blues influence. I think if you listen to a lot of rock, you'll realize that um, Southern rock um, was a mixture of rock and country and blues. Um, and you see that heavily throughout bands like uh, Leonard Skinner and stuff like that. Uh, and including this band, the Allman Brothers Band, Oh. Especially with their song Statesboro Blues. Woke up this morning, I had them Statesboro Blues. I woke up this morning, I had them Statesboro Blues. 
mean, that's a it's great song right there. Yeah, it's not my favorite Almond Brothers band song, but it's sort of my favorite blue, just straight blues song that they do. It, you can you can definitely hear the blues influence in a lot of the stuff they do, but that one, uh, especially if you've ever heard their greatest hits one, uh, it's like a decade of hits, 1969 to 1979. Yep. It's the first one on the album. They hit you right in the face with it, Statesboro Blues, a uh, great song, mm-hmm. originally written by Blind Willie McTell, Back in 1928. Yeah, yeah, old classic song, and um, yeah, they they really popularized States for Blues. Fantastic version. Um, I can't remember if Dwayne Allman really goes wild on his uh, slide guitar, but that sound is so cool, just in general from the Allman bands that he that he does one of the best slide guitars. Period. Yeah, but um, yeah, States for Blues is a fantastic choice. I didn't even think about adding that one, but that's a great call. Yeah, I was going through my stuff and it popped up and I'm like, God, that's a great song. I listened to it. It's like it's weird because it's not one of the songs that the Almond Brothers are most known for. Um, but it's it's so pure blues and they just go ham on it mm-hmm. that every time I anytime it comes up, I don't really I don't skip it. I listen to it because it's it's got such great energy all the way through. Cool. All right, your number eight. All right, my number eight is from a much more recent blues artist. Uh, I saw this guy in concert uh, living in Denver. I'm not terribly worried about you having this on your um, <laughs> charts or on your list because you might, maybe you'd have the guy, but I doubt it. Um, I am talking Johnny Lang, Darker Side. If I had Johnny Lang, it probably just would have been lie to me. Yeah, because that okay. I didn't. I haven't really listened to a lot of Johnny Lang's more recent stuff. Okay, so well, this actually is on his "Lie to Me" album. You like your uh, slow jams, don't dude? You? Th- th- this this <laughs> one actually kind of just re-listening to it reminded me kind of goes back to that Albert King style where it's yeah. kind of yeah that slow jam that sing and that response with the guitar after you know each kind of lyric. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one's got like a. I don't know. Yeah, there's like there is that darkness. Maybe it's fairly singing, but there is like a darkness, a pain in this song yeah. um, that works really well. Uh, yeah, I I saw him in concert uh, with my wife. Um, you know, I saw that he was playing. I was like, oh man, I want to go see him, and so I did. And he puts on a hell of a concert. Um, and I want to go see him again uh, cool. when I can. And uh, he's got some other great songs. Some other songs I'll say I like even better than this one, um, but they might mm-hmm. be either tend towards a little bit more rock than than blues, or some of them might even be more um, uh, it's more R and B style or something else. Where he yeah. he went heavily into gospel. Yeah. After I don't know if it was after Lie to Me, but uh, he really leaned into kind of the gospel world mm-hmm. uh, later in his career because I know he won several Grammys for gospel yeah. albums yeah. later. So so. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of got re after I listened after I went to that concert. I ended up kind of like going through a bunch of his albums, um, mm-hmm. quite a bit. And there's just something I really do love about the the deep slow jam blues of Darker Side, which came out uh, in '97 on that Lie to Me album. Which 
the lie to me is definitely the more famous of the songs on that album, right. which, um, and he kind of, pers- he kind of, that song lied to me really kind of shot him up in the blues world. It's like, he's going to be the next big thing. Well, he was like 14, 15 <laughs> or something when that album came out. I can't remember, but yeah, he was pretty young. He was, yeah, he was a young prodigy and that's, that's why it was. And there was also, because around that time, there was like kind of like an almost blues revival, because we also had Kenny Wayne Shepard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came out at that same time. Th- those kinds of songs, it's funny, like those kinds of songs, those sort of slow jam, it makes me think about sitting alone at a bar. Yeah. Like, I can, I'm envisioning like a guy with his like sleeves rolled up, like a cigarette just in his hand, you know, half a glass of whiskey, just sitting by himself. Because those kinds of just a slow jam type blues songs kind of just make me think about like, hard times because normally there are about hard times yeah i mean that's what the kind of what the blues is essentially about doesn't necessarily have to be but you know a lot of the times it that's what it is is having the blues so yep uh all right (laughs) so my number eight is the last of my kind of rock band playing blues stuff and from here on out i get into much more of the kind of traditional blues players or guys mostly known for playing blues. Um, But this has been one of my favorite songs since I was a teenager. And it's from the band Them. And if you know the band Them, their singer was Van Morrison. Oh. And I'm talking about the song, Baby Please Don't Go. Oh yeah, man. I, I I have heard that before. Um, I didn't realize, you know, that was Van Morrison. I didn't realize that that, that band had him and all that stuff. That's awesome. That's a great song. I love the way that starts too. Yeah, it's a it's God. It's it's such a it's a good driving song. Mm-hmm. It's got high energy all the way through. It is a little bit more kind of on the rock side, but you can hear the blues influence in there. Um, originally uh, written. Uh, by a guy named Big Joe Williams back in 1935. Um, I've heard different versions of this, people who kind of play it more slow, uh, p- you know, people who might play it more traditional, but for some reason, that really, that driving bass of bunga dunga 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 on the them uh, version, uh, you can actually find this one if you get like the Van Morrison greatest hits, it's on there. Um, it just, uh, the song drives all the way through and I mm-hmm. love the energy of it. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. You know what? I've definitely heard other covers or other versions of this baby, please don't go, but it is always like the slower, slower version. And that there is something cool about, um, yeah, this driving one. Uh, all right. Your number seven. Uh, my number seven is from an artist, another person that I have seen live in concert. Um, we saw him at a blues festival way back. And I can't remember if you, cause you got late to that festival. Um, but <laughs> I, my sister and I, uh, saw him with our dad and so I saw this guy in person with that and loved him. And his name is Eric Bibb. And the song I chose from him is I Heard the Angel Singing. I went down in the valley one day. Heard the angels singing. Heard a voice. I saw no one. 
I heard the angels sing. But you reckon that the angels sing? Heard the angels singing. Your sins is forgiven. Your soul is free. I heard the angels sing. Eric Bibb, definitely a name I am familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time I ever listened to his stuff was if, if I was with Dad and Dad was listening to him. Yeah. Um, but I love I love that uh, the acoustic sound. It's kind of a good change because we really haven't done had talked about too many things acoustic yet so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really like that. Yeah, he is. Yeah, exactly. That more kind of simpler sound. It's almost like a lighter sound to it. It's not as as deep and dark as a lot of some of the other blues, even with like the acoustic sound. Um, but yeah, we saw him, um, I can't remember, it must've been like the early two thousands or, or something like that. Yeah. It would have been. Yeah. Um, we saw, we saw him live and, and I really started to enjoy his stuff. And then I remember when I was, when I was living out in Los Angeles, um, for like the first time, probably around like that 2009 to 2011, like that period, I got really into him again. Um, and, and two thousand maybe 2012 or so, whatever it is. And so I started to like getting all the albums that I could find of him. And I was just listening to a whole bunch and I, I like a lot of his stuff. I just, he's got a, a voice that I just, I, I love it. There's a sweetness. There's a gentleness in this song. Um, it's kind of, it's got, you know, a vibe about redemption, about coming back from the darkness, which is kind of funny that I had darker side before this, which was kind of like, you know, a deeper, darker song. Um, but that tie of seeing him in person, um, I've just always had a, had a, a, a love for Eric Bibb and his style. And so, yeah, I was definitely a fan of this version and this song. Ah, very cool. I like it. All right. So my number seven, if there is any song on my list that has a chance of being on yours, it might be this one. There might be a couple of ones that are higher up that might be on, but this one, and because I distinctly associate this, this guy with you uh, because I remember one year and I don't want to talk too much in case you have it and we can talk about it later, but I'm pretty sure I remember you getting the CD from dad as a Christmas or birthday gift. My number seven is messing with the kid by junior Wells. What does going to hold around top? The people are saying you're going to put the kid down on what you do. <laughs> you can call and what you want. I call and messing with the kid. You know the kid is no child and I don't pay. I say what I mean. I mean what I say. But oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, look at what you do. <laughs> you can call and what you want. I call and messing with the kid. Hey! That's a good call. I, I don't have that one, but I did get a um, a Junior Wells album from Dad. Absolutely. Yes, and um, <clears throat> uh, this is the first one I have on here where Junior Wells actually wrote the song. Here, mm-hmm. he wrote it. Uh, it came out in 1960. Uh, the opening to this this uh, song sticks in my head all the time. Very simple. It's a very simple little riff. But man, it, it gets in my head because I expect it every time it comes back, and I it just it makes me happy. Uh, Junior Wells, uh, very famously a uh, harmonica player, I believe from the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. Um, he also did a, a 
uh, several duet albums, I believe, with Muddy Waters. Uh, it's, it was, it's a bunch with Buddy Guy. Buddy Guy. That's what yeah. it was. Buddy Guy. Which actually, I think I think the album that Dad got me was a Junior Wells Buddy Guy collab. Okay. I thought it was a live album. But it, was, could, it was a live album, but I think it was okay. with both of them. Okay, cool. Um, great, great harmonica player. This song is just so kind of fun, upbeat blues. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm messing with the kid. Yeah, no, I, I, that's a good song. I know that song. Um, that's a strong one, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I did like that album. I didn't love that. Uh, that I love Buddy Guy. I love Junior Wells. Junior Wells, classic harmonica guy. The Buddy Guy is a fantastic um, guitarist. But yeah, this Junior Wells song, really good guy. He's, Junior Wells like has some, like I like his style. Because mm-hmm. he's always got like usually like some kind of funky hat and like a nice suit going on uh, when I've ever seen him, um, you know, on, on some of his live stuff. So, yeah, that's a great call. Your number six. All right. My number six. Um, well, I saw, as I mentioned, my number seven and my number eight, I have both saw live in concert. And also my number six, I have seen live in concert uh, this time also with my dad. But I have to thank you for... Um, for going to see this one because I wouldn't have been able to see this uh, fantastic female blues artist if it wasn't for you who were too, who was too tired to go and you <laughs> gave me your ticket so I could go uh, with dad and I just kind of happened to be in Vegas that weekend and so I watched uh, Beth Hart with dad at a concert only a couple years ago um, and it was fantastic and my favorite Beth Hart blues song is Baddest Blues. My love has come along My dreams become a song My days are bright and sunny Funny why I'm so blue. She has such a haunting voice. Dude, no kidding. And I'm not going to say too much because we might hear from Beth Hart again <laughs> a little a little higher up on the list. Okay, then I, won't, then I won't speak too much about, um, about that. But uh, just for the song itself, it yeah. was released in 2012. And um, yeah, there's just... She's fantastic, and I'll I'll be happy if we happen to hear from her later. Okay, fair enough. Uh, all right, so my number six is a blues classic. Okay. Um, and this one I tie to our father because at some point I was we I was still living in Georgia. Um, this artist's son came to town. And was playing, and Dad wanted to go see him. So we all, as far as I remember, we all went out to this restaurant where he was playing and listened to him play. And the the original artist apparently had so many illegitimate children <laughs> that I don't I don't know if this guy ever actually even grew up with him. Uh, but uh, I'm talking the uh, Muddy Waters classic. Got my mojo working. Got my mojo working, but it just won't work on you. Got my mojo working, but it just won't work on you. 
That's a great song, and we'll probably hear from Muddy Waters later in this. I'm sh- I'm sure we will. Um, it's probably Muddy Waters' most famous song, as far as I know. Um, yeah. I remember the guy. I forget who. It, I don't know if it was Muddy Waters Jr. or I. I can't remember. I actually was talking with Dad about it just like a month or two ago, and Dad remembered exactly the guy's name and exactly yeah. where it was. I forgot that we did that. When you bring that up, absolutely, it kind of triggers in my head um, that we definitely went and saw that. So, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Uh, written by Preston Foster, but originally recorded by Ann Cole back in 1956. Nice. Um, but Muddy Waters' version is considered by many to be the definitive version. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, all right, well, then let's move on to number five. Um, we're talking what blues classics, and this one is absolutely a blues classic at my number five. Uh, this guy, well, John, you remember my favorite animal, right? Uh, it's a wolf. And do you know what sound a wolf makes? Uh, it howls. It howls. It howls like a howling wolf. And so my number five is Smokestack Lightning by Howling Wolf. Another toe tapper, I think. Yes, this is definitely one that, yeah. I mean, it's got that just a simple uh, um, simple kind of beat to it. Simple like drum with like a um, brush kind of sound mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, toe tapper, it released in 1956, uh, reached number 11 on the R- Billboard R&B chart. Um, but it's got that awesome, just that, I mean, his name is Howlin' Wolf and it's got that, oh, <laughs> oh, and it just, it works so well. Um and apparently Alan Wolf said that the song was inspired by watching trains uh, in the night that he says we used to sit out in the country and see the trains go by, watch the sparks come out of the smokestack. Uh, and that was the smokestack lightning. So that kind of gave him, um, you know, the idea for the song. But it is just a that's cool. I mean, it's another nice kind of kind of kind of groovy kind of yeah, simple kind of a medium, medium shuffle. almost. Yeah, yeah medium shuffle. I like that. Um, did you know that one of your favorite bands, if not your favorite band of all time, did a cover of this song? Of this song of Smokestack Lightning, I did not know that. I know that they, um, I know that they were actually big fans of old style blues, um, because they did a, um, they did a, they ended their Unplugged series with a sort of a traditional blues song. Yeah, I am talking Soundgarden, and they did. Oh, yeah. So I'm talking Sound. Sorry, Sound- I was thinking Nirvana. No, oh yeah, no. So Soundgarden did a cover of Smokestack Lightning. On their debut studio album, Ultra Mega OK, uh, that came out in 1988. Oh, I have I have not listened to Ultra Mega OK in so long. I'm now yeah. gonna have to go back and really listen to that. There you go. But yeah, this is just a great, and I feel I mean it's a, it's a big old classic song. Um, Helen Wolf is a great yeah. voice to him. Yeah, I, so. that, that that guitar lick gives me every time. Yeah, very catchy. I I love it. Yep. We did not have to wait uh, very long for me to want to talk about Beth Hart um, because my number five uh, is a song off of an album that was a Beth Hart and Joe Bonamassa collab. Uh. Um, and they 
did an incredibly, and I'm going to use this term again because it greatly describes her voice, haunting version of Billie Holiday's Strange Fruit. Southern trees are a strange fruit Blood on the leaves And blood at the roots Black bodies swinging In the southern breeze Strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees Ooh, haunting is a perfect way to put that man she's so good she's almost got like a jazzy feel in this song too well this is a jazz standard that she's playing but she's kind of they're kind of putting that joe bonamassa beth heart which actually he doesn't really do too much. Joe Bonamassa doesn't do too much with a guitar on this one, which I think mm-hmm. is good because I think if you try to over rock it, it just doesn't work. Um, so Strange Fruit, uh, I'll give, I, this one deserves a history lesson. Uh-huh. Um, I know a, a little good bit about this uh, song. So it was actually originally written as a poem um, by a Jewish songwriter and poet. I think he was also like a... Uh, either a lawyer or a, a banker or something like that, uh, by the name of Abel Miropol. And in 1938 or 1939, he went to go see Billie Holiday perform. And he brought her these lyrics and said, I made this song. I think you need to sing it. And it it was a, it was about um, lynching in the South. Mm. About him. Apparently, he witnessed a lynching when he was visiting the South. And thought it to be the most abhorrent thing he had ever seen in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Billie Holiday agreed to record it. And I think the first time she performed it, uh, what I heard, what the story was, is that the, she did it with trepidation because she did it in front of a basically mostly white audience. She was a black singer, but she was incredibly popular, and so would also would have a lot of white audience and probably probably in a lot of places performed only for white audiences because black audiences may not have been allowed in depending mm-hmm. on where she was performing at the time. And she, they, but she performed it with conviction and got a standing ovation at the end of the verse performance. Um, originally recorded and released in 1939. Um, it is a haunting song and I, I, I love Billy Holiday's version, but Beth Hart's version is better in mine. Yeah, there there is something. There's a power and a rawness in Beth mm-hmm. Hart's voice. Um, you're right, and that haunting sound that um, she can take. So there's another cover that she did. There's actually an Etta James song called "I'd Rather Go Blind" that mm-hmm. um, Beth Hart did. Uh, with Jeff Beck at the uh, Kennedy Center Honors of Buddy Guy. And I've seen that one, and, and she has it actually on the same album that Baddest Blues came out on as like a bonus track. And what she can do with some of I mean, Billie Holiday, Etta James, two of the greatest vocalists, you know, of all time mm-hmm. right there. And then we're both like, yeah, Beth Hart takes it and then makes it her own. And there is a haunting or a raw quality that just elevates it. 
Um, mm-hmm. And she is she is a special artist, and I'm very happy to have seen her live in concert. Actually, yeah, John, her dad and I went, and um, we Beth Hart was opening, and then it was Joe Bonamassa doing the main, mm-hmm. and, and we listened to Beth Hart, and then we left. <laughs> <laughs> So that's kind of surprising in that Joe Bonamassa is very, very good, but it also doesn't surprise me because I dead only really wanted to go see Beth Hart. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think if Joe Bonamassa had opened for Beth Hart, dad would have been fine sitting through it. Uh huh. But he, after Beth Hart, he was probably like, I, it's not going to get any better. We might as well leave. Yeah. I mean, but I bet, I mean, because uh, they collaborated on multiple things, Beth Hart right. and Joe Bonamassa, if we stayed, we probably would have gotten more Beth Hart. Um, kind of joining him uh, mm-hmm. in the concert. But still, yeah, she is phenomenal. And I'd say not nearly enough people know about her, um, mm-hmm. but go check out any of these songs. Go check out Stra- her version of Strange Fruit. Check out Baddest Blues and check out, I'd also recommend I'd Rather Go Blind. And if you're not impressed by her vocals, um, I'd be shocked. Maybe you need to reevaluate yourself. Yeah. Check your ear holes because they're fucking not working <laughs> properly. Awesome. Very, very cool. Uh, all right. Number four, Adam. My number four is from one of the kings of the blues. It is BB King, um, but it is not his most famous track. The one that I think a lot of people would put on their list. Mm-hmm. My favorite BB King song that I put is Sweet Little Angel. Got a sweet little angel I love the way she spreads her wings Yes, got a sweet little angel I love the way she spreads her wings Spread the wings around me. I guess joy and everything. I love BB King. Mm-hmm. We'll probably hear from him again. <laughs> Doesn't surprise um, me. But um, such an icon, one of the most well-known blues players across the board, like into uh, meaning into and, and other genres where everyone knows who he is. Yeah, yeah, he really kind of, um, his popularity blew because I think he did a lot of collaborations with some mm-hmm. other people. Um, yeah. And so other genres might would have heard from him and whatnot. Uh, so Sweet Little Angel, he recorded it in 1956. The song was first recorded in 1930 by Lucille uh, Boggan, or Bogan, um, and it was actually originally called Black Angel Blues, and mm-hmm. but then it got re-recorded again by this guy named Robert Nighthawk, who his own version from 1949 was called Sweet Black Angel, which is where B.B. King heard it, kind of changed it to Sweet Little Angel, and kind of made it his own a little bit. Reached number eight on the Billboard R&B charts. Um, I've never seen B.B. King in in person, and obviously never will, because he passed away in 2015, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Um, Abby, I believe our sister Abby saw him uh, in concert, and she mentioned that he was awesome, but he was also just this kind of like, perverted old man on stage <laughs> and just kind of like made all these kind of sexual jokes. And the first line in the song, I've got a sweet little angel. 
I love the way she spread her wings. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's a very sexual line to me. Uh, though, yes. You know, the way you sing it. But it's it's a fun song. And you get a lot of blues songs that, you know, they're, are either dark or kind of like gloomy or kind of, you know, sad about stuff. But this one, I don't know. There's a good positivity about it. He talks about, you know, um, he asked his he asked his his baby for a nickel. She gave him a twenty dollar bill. He asked his baby for a sip of whiskey. She bought him a whiskey still, uh, or a sip sip of liquor, and he and she bought him a whiskey. Like I don't know, it's kind of it's kind of a fun little I don't know uh, upside down turn on. Mm-hmm. You're kind of used to oh you're never getting what you're what you're asked for, but you know you, now the lady your your woman is giving you everything. But it's just a wonderful, simple but solid little blues song. All right. My number four, you will not have heard of. Okay. I honestly cannot remember how I found this song uh, or this band. I don't know if it was just random. Maybe I heard it. Actually, you know what? I think I heard it on um, a Sirius XM channel. Oh. Um, this would have been way back in like the mid-2000s, so like in the early days of Sirius XM radio, back when I think that they were two different companies, actually. I think I just had XM Radio, um, and I I just randomly heard this song, and I thought it was endearing and funny at the same time. Uh, it is from the Sam Lay Band, and it's called "I Like Women." I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't mess around with no dope. If I'm dancing for a fix, a hot little mama house. Get my kick. I like women. I like women. Short, tall, skinny, and fat. Good looking woman is where it's at. That is fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, I, I, just, I heard the song and I was like, I laughed and was like energized at the same time because it, it's got a cool little it opens with a cool little lick it moves yeah so uh, sam lay is actually the drummer and oh. the vocalist um he was a drummer i believe for muddy waters uh back in the 50s uh he's been around for a long time he was actually inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame back in 2015 uh, this was just a little side project band that he did with uh, him and a bunch of guys uh, back in actually 2000 so not even that, uh, not oh, wow. that uh, terribly long ago. I guess it was 21, 22 years ago at this point. But so interestingly enough, he wrote this song because there were rumors that he was gay. <laughs> and so to combat those rumors, he wrote a song called I Like Women. And I can't tell if he's trying to overcompensate by writing this song uh-huh. or he got too defensive about it. From what I can tell, and from what I've heard from friends and other things, uh, homosexuality is still one of those taboo things in the black community that that I that probably needs to still be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but what whatever Sam Lay was, and I don't care, he wrote a great little song yep. a, about it, and I I this song always makes me happy whenever I hear it. I literally just started smiling. I hadn't heard this song before, but it the, the way it moves and just like the kind of fun, ridiculous, but hilarious and awesome lyrics, it just mm-hmm. kind of made me made me smile. I, and it's a song I can connect to. How yeah. about that? <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to go back and listen to the whole thing. I will. 
and and just listen to all the verses because it's 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 a great song. Cool. Uh, all right, we are at our top three. Um, I know at least one at least one of my top three isn't going to be on your list. One of them is possible. The other one, the artist might be, but I bet it's going to be a different song. Yep. So let's find out about our top three. Adam, what is your number three? Yeah, I think I don't know. I, I I'm similar enough with you. I think. Two of my two of the favorite blues artists you have not mentioned, um, but I know you've got a BB King song up there, and you know I have a Muddy Waters song up here on mine. Uh, and my number three is that Muddy Waters song. Oh, my favorite Muddy Waters song is Manish Boy. Yeah. Now, when I was a young boy, at the age of five, my mother said gonna be. Man, you do not get more sort of quintessential blues sound than that sort of bum 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 yep. bum bum bum. But I I love that sound in that sort of down and dirty Chicago style. Yes, with the with the you know really sort of distorted harmonica. So it works really 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 well. Um, after you played it, I am pretty sure I have heard that song before. Mm-hmm. Um, just the the kind of the screaming the yeah or yeah, whatever. That- I'm a man. And then you get like the ladies kind of, wow, oh my God, it's a man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's, you're right. There, the, it is, there, uh, there probably is no bigger blues like than the dun, 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 And you put whatever lyrics on top of it. Right. Um, so he released this song in 1955. Um, hit number five on the R&B charts. And Manish Boy is actually our uh, Rolling Stone ranked it at number two hundred and thirty of the five hundred greatest songs of all time. Apparently, okay. Um, but it's actually it's this is not really his song. It's really a rearrangement, slightly, slightly, of a Bo Diddley song called "I'm a Man." Um, it's okay. very very similar to that song, but it's got a little bit of its own flair. It's almost kind of like a response to that song. Um, because he's a mannish boy. He's not really, he's a man, but he's a mannish boy. Uh, <laughs> and so, and I love the inclusion of like those yows, the the yellow, the, the female screams yeah. um, and the raw and dirtiness and the simplicity of it uh, works really well for me. And so I just, whatever it was, there's just something about this, this Muddy Water song that always appealed to me. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So my number three is the other BB King <laughs> song. And yes, it is the one you expect. Great song though. Great song. Great song, and I I, I included I, I know that there are a lot of good BB King songs, but I included this one for a reason. One, it was my introduction to Baby King. It's a lot of people's introduction to BB King. Uh, it was his most popular song. I'm talking about, of course, the thrill is gone. You know you've done me wrong, baby, and you'll 
I remember being probably 15 or 16, sitting with my acoustic guitar, which I shouldn't have been because uh, BB did not play an acoustic guitar. <laughs> no. Lucille was his electric guitar, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think it was a Gibson. I forget what the brand, the model number was. And trying to emulate BB's very distinct vibrato sound from his playing on this song. Now he he played it on it was it was his style throughout his songs, but this was the one I'd heard. And he, if you've ever watched him, um, a lot of times when you're doing a vibrato on a string instrument, you're just you're rocking your finger back and forth, which looks like a very unfortunate movement with the way I'm doing it. <laughs> I wish I was recording this right I now. I know. Um, but the way BB did it, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to do this to show Adam, but not uh, obviously the people at home. The way he would do it is he would let go with the rest of his fingers oh, and he yeah. would rock his thumb back and forth. Yes. And that's how he did his vibrato, and it created a very distinct sound, and I tried so hard to emulate it. I never yeah. quite got it. I never quite got the control of it. I went back to the regular sort of back-and-forth vibrato that most guys use. Um, but it, an iconic sound, um, mm -hmm. kind of usually used a very clean sound on his guitar, but it, it, he's kind of like Stevie Ray Vaughan in that whenever I hear it, I can always tell, oh, that's BB King playing guitar. Yeah, absolutely. And that is one of, if maybe not the most iconic blues song for a lot of people out there. Yeah. The, the first song they think of with blues is Thrill is Gone. And um, great, great, great song. I actually also want to throw in, I almost picked that song, but I would have done a slight variation. I mm. have a duet that he does with Tracy Chapman, where oh, man, he kind of goes back fantastic. and forth. Tracy Chapman sings, and then he sings, and they kind of mm -hmm. go back and forth. And it's it's wonderful, because I love her voice, um, but it's basically the same kind of song. But yeah, yeah, um, I don't, I mean, who cares if you pick a, a well-known <laughs> song like that, because right. it's that good of a song. Tracy Chapman is one of those artists I really, really would love to see uh, in person, and mm -hmm. she's kind of uh, vanished off the face of the earth. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, I don't know if she's still doing any kind of shows, but I, I, I'm I with you. I'd love to see it. See yeah, her. I keep looking to see yeah. if anything ever pops up, but I've she like I've seen like every so often she'll kind of pop up at a festival, but not mm. like anything where she had like a plan. Like she just shows up and, and uh, does a song or something like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, not doing her I own tour. Yeah, not doing her own tour, which I I I don't know if I don't know what's going on, but I Tracy come back. Come back, <laughs> yeah. Tracy, we miss you. Uh Tracy come back. <laughs> you can blame it all on me. Uh all right. Number 2, Adam. Well, there are two artists that have not been on either of our lists and I'm kind of curious <laughs> if they're both going to be our one and twos, but different songs, because I don't think it's going to be these same songs. It's possible. And um, this guy, he's uh, he's my number two. Uh, he's my number two blues artist. And I will say I had the hardest time picking which one of his songs I wanted for my list. And I went honestly between like five different ones. And I'll mention them later because I, you might have them on your list. Mm. My number two is John Lee Hooker. And I went with Burning Hell. Drive. I know 
Two things I love about John Lee Hooker. One, that baritone voice. Mm -hmm. And two, all of his songs sound like he's just making shit up as he goes. <laughs> it's it's very much a jam song, and yeah. it's just kind of they're just kind of like riding and and grooving. Like this song drives and it moves, yeah. and that's ultimately I think why I picked it because I when I was listening to it, I just I could not stop moving my head when I had this song going. Hell, when I was playing it for you, you just started moving and you couldn't like. Oh yeah, it's it's um it's fantastic. Uh, he first recorded it in '59, but it was released in '64. But uh, the song, I just kind of, it just, it kind of, it moves like a freight train where it's just like constantly moving, constantly. And then it's got like guitar on top. It's like guitar, harmonica solo, then guitar solo. And then mm -hmm. just kind of John Lee Hooker just kind of jumping in with the kind of some lyrics here and there. It's, it's, I mean, it's hell, mostly an instrumental song, but he kind of just jumps in every now and then. And it's, it's a good foot stomping, fantastic mm -hmm. song. Yeah. Oh man, that was it was fun. Uh, so my John Lee Hooker song, uh, as I mentioned at the top, my list was driven by nostalgia. Hell, our whole channel, our whole podcast is based mm -hmm. on nostalgia. And very early on, we talked about a movie that we both very much love. Yeah. And you see John Lee Hooker on that on the on that movie, and that song it was my introduction to him, and that's why I picked that one. Uh, I went with boom, 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 boom. Gonna shoot you right down, right off of your feet. Take you home with me, put you in my house. Boom, 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 boom. How, 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 how. See you strut up and down the floor when you're talking to me. That baby talk, I like it like that. Whoa, that was the other song. Well, one of the other songs I was heavily debating. Um, I'll throw in Boogie Chillin' is another one that he has mm -hmm. on that that you'd recognize from the um. Uh, Blues Brothers uh, album, uh, Bluebird, Big Legs, Tight Skirt was one I, I had almost <laughs> as my favorite because I love that. Another song I kind of really live by, Big Legs, Tight Skirt, about to drive me out of my mind. Uh, and then Shake It Baby were all songs that I had in in, in consideration. But yeah, but mostly uh, Boom Boom was he he high up there because of that nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, you know, it's funny. He's It's a great scene in Blues Brothers. It's just him playing while other stuff is kind of happening, mm -hmm. but it's uh, it's that uh, it's that same sort of style of his that it's almost driving, but it's a little bit slower. A boom, 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 boom. So it's a it's a slow driving. It's it's a cruising song. Yeah, it's not a fast driving song. It's a cruising song, going slow, you know, down Main Street or whatever. Um, not that I know anyone who cruises anymore. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, in that scene in particular, you know. You could really cut it completely. It is mm -hmm. not necessary. They're they're on their way to Ray's Music Exchange, where we're going to meet Ray Charles, and literally they're just kind of like, 
you just you cut to John Lee Hooker playing out in the street. And I think maybe in the distance you see the Blues Brothers walking into the store. But like it could have been cut, but they included it. And I'm so glad they did because you're Mm -hmm. right. That was our introduction to John Lee Hooker. And he became just one of the my favorite blues artists. And he's got so many strong songs. And that is a great one. Uh, All right, Adam. Uh, There is an artist that we have not talked about. So I'm (laughs) going to assume that we have. The same artist. I think I know what your song is going to be. You should. But I could be wrong. I could be surprised. Yeah. Um, but why don't you go ahead and let us know what your number one is? Uh, yes, we've actually mentioned this guy a few times um, already on this episode, but we've also mentioned him multiple times on the podcast as well. We, t- we discussed one of his albums, including the album that this song is from, that I also put as my top cover song of all time Mm -hmm. my number one is stevie ray vaughn's little wing I mean, talk about taking a song and really making it your own. That song is infinitely listenable, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even sing on it. No, no, no. I mean, you kind of mentioned how you just kind of you're just doing your own thing, like with that John Lee Hooker. He just has songs, and you're just like, man, he's just doing whatever the hell he wants. This little wing, he does whatever the hell he wants, but he makes it his. And I and I mentioned this before. The original uh, was a um, uh, Jimi Hendrix Jimi song. Hendrix. Yeah. With lyrics, and it's a two-minute, twenty-five-minute song. Two-two-minute, twenty-five-second song. The the Stevie Ray Vaughan's instrumental is six minutes forty-eight seconds, and he just goes to town, man. <laughs> he goes ham. He does. He does a great job, and and he just, yeah, he unleashes his guitar perfection, and I adore, adore this version, adore this song. Stevie Ray Vaughan is my favorite blues artist of all time. Mm-hmm. Um. And there's tons I could have picked from, but this is just my favorite song of his because I just sit back and I listen and I just get absorbed by, honestly, um, I think it's auditory perfection. <laughs> uh, I couldn't agree more other mm-hmm. than I picked a different song. Fair. Um, but I went more with the nostalgia. And given that... Um, I was really thinking about Dad when oh, I did I know, this. I know where you're going with this. Uh, this was Dad's favorite song. Yeah, and I, I loved this song too. And what's good, what the thing about this song is, what makes it unique is it's acoustic. Yeah, which Stevie didn't really do that often. And it was written by his childhood friend Doyle Bramhall, and he had help from his wife Barbara Logan. It was written about 1988, and it was recorded in 1988. But Stevie didn't release, it wasn't released until 1991 um, when uh, his brother Jimmy Vaughn posthumously put together the album The Sky is Crying. Um, And you can go back and listen to our review of that album. Which has both of these songs on it. It has both of the songs on it. uh, And it is Life by the Drop.
That's how it's happened, living life by the drop. Yeah, um, I don't want to get too blubbery here, but uh, yeah, D- Dad's favorite song. He had this. He had a, a that was kind of like a motto. Motto. He he wrote. He had the one of his wood pieces that he put "Life mm-hmm. by the Drop." And you were out of the room, so this is Dad passed, and you were out of the room, and I can't remember where you had gone or something. You were just maybe talking to nurses or whatnot or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was just me and my sister, our our sister, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, it was just you know. Dad was there, but Dad wasn't there, you know? Right. And so we were just sad. I put on Life by the Drop, and me and Abby just fucking lost it. <laughs> oh. It's it just, it's a song you'll always connect to Dad. Yeah, absolutely. And I love it. I, I love that pick. So I I guess this is just a good and well place to tell this story. Um, I actually had a similar moment with Dad uh, before he passed, but before you and Abby got there. Mm. Um when dad dad went into hospice and this might be more information than anyone else cared to know, but I'm going to tell the story anyway, because this is our podcast. And, uh, I, so I was with him, uh, for the first day, um, when they told us that he was kind of unresponsive and, um, was probably going to go soon. And so I just kind of sat there and I was talking to him cause I was sure he could hear me. And I sang a song to him that he used to sing to me when I was a little kid. Um, and it's from, an, uh, the version is from an artist uh, by the, a guy by the name of Bob Cook, who was like just at, uh, Bob Cook like just lived in Des Moines, Iowa. Mm-hmm. He, he owned a bar, but he had this, he has this incredible voice and you can find one of his albums on iTunes. It's called Love is a Verb. Highly recommend this album. Very kind of folky. But the dude has got an amazing voice. But he he covered this song called Rose. And it's one of those old tile old style, like, well, that's not that old, but it was sort of like a folky song where the verses were talking, but the chorus was sung. And I'll I'll go ahead and throw the the chorus in right here. That's okay, Rose would say. Don't you worry none. Cause we'll have good times by and by next fall when the work's all done. I sang that to dad because it was one that he sang to me when I was a little kid. And I, I've always remembered that song a little bit of a somber end, uh, to this album. Adam, do you want to talk about any honorable mentions? Um, let's see. I, I had the list of, the list of honorable mentions could be extensive. Yeah. Yeah. Intense. Uh, actually, yeah, there was like an, he's kind of like an R more R and B guy, but this song, was on the uh, Lone Star soundtrack, and it's kind of a little bit more bluesy, and it's called My Love Is. Oh, yeah, great song. It, it may be a little bit more jazzy than it is blues, but it's got, it's got like, some, I don't know, feel some blues feel to it. Um, there was actually one of those blues rock-esque kind of songs that I almost went with as one of my honorable mentions. It was actually by Jeff Beck, and I believe Rod Stewart was singing for Jeff Beck at the time. Mm. It's called Blues Deluxe. And it is, it's a long song. It's like a seven, eight minute song, but it's kind of almost jammy, but it's just got a bunch of stuff and then intense, like kind of good blues Rod Stewart song singing to it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I highly recommend that one. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, there's a fuck ton of uh, fantastic blues artists to check out. Yeah. Um, if, if you want to listen to a really good sort of classic blues, uh, Robert Johnson's Sweet Home Chicago. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really get much more iconic than that. 
Um, there was a, a guy, I think out of the 70s and early 80s, by the name of ZZ Hill, uh, who has a great song called Everybody Knows About My Good Thing. That's kind of a fun song. Okay. Um, uh, you know what? I'll throw this in. Some really early Fleetwood Mac. Oh, yeah. It was pretty pretty good, some really good sort of British blues. Definitely. That's good stuff to listen to. I'll just, I'll leave it there, because there, there's so many, yeah. <laughs> so many artists we could be talking about forever. Um, so... Uh, yeah, we got a little somber at the end there, but I, I think it was well deserved. And mm-hmm. I we can we'll just end this. And Adam, you can join me if you want. Uh, I love you, Dad, and I miss you. Love you, Dad. All right, that was our top ten blues songs. Please join us next time for an all weird episode as we break down the 1985 film Weird Science, discuss the television show from the 90s Weird Science and recast Weird Science using Actors of Today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. everybody i'm Corey, and i'm zach and we're the hosts of podcasting after dark a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s often found on hbo and cinemax you know the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid you can find us every other week on apple podcasts spotify podbean and stitcher this is what you want this is what you get